right, ladies. I'm just curious, how many of you have ever been to a Rethink Pink Women's Conference before? All the ladies here today, awesome, awesome. Well, listen, you don't want to miss it. It's coming up. It's hard to believe. We're just a few weeks away uh, from it. And so mark your calendars for that Friday and Saturday. It's a two-day event this year, and it's going to be an amazing experience. And you can register on your way out today. Uh, you can either go out to the info bar or you can just go online. That's the easiest and quickest way to do that. But I really encourage you to reach out to a coworker, maybe a friend at school. Um, there's actually going to be some breakout sessions for the girls this year. Um, I'm, I'm telling you, the worship is going to be amazing. I can't wait for, uh, for what's going to happen. And uh, we actually are doing something on that Sunday following uh, our Rethink Pink Women's Conference. And we're doing something we're calling Pack to Pack 2.0. In other words, we are consolidating both campuses for that particular Sunday. And the main reason why is because we have some surprise special guests on that day that we're going to be uh, sharing, and we wanted to make it easy for them to be able to uh, uh, to be able to pull off all the things logistically. But I want us to come and just pack out the place and truly come with a spirit of expectancy because it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. That's the Sunday following Rethink Pink. So mark your calendars for that and invite a friend. Well, today is uh, part two of a series that we are actually calling Unboxed, and uh, we are really talking about what it means to unbox our faith. What does it mean to step out of our, our, what we often refer to as our safe zone, where it's nice and cozy and comfortable and convenient, but ultimately step out into what is known as the faith zone. You know, it's one thing to, to live your life by sight, circumstantially or emotionally, but the Bible says we're not to live by sight, we're to live by what? Faith. We're to live our lives by faith. Well, last week we unboxed really what faith is all about, and specifically, we unbox six uh, examples of what faith truly is. Now, it's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to live your life every single day with expectant faith. You know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of people have faith, but the big question is, do you have expectant faith? In other words, are you looking at life from God's perspective? Because that's really what faith is all about. It's living our life, seeing things from God's point of view. Now, all of us can relate to the fact that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are pessimists and there are optimists. How many of you know a pessimist? Let me see your hands. Sit next to one. You know, we all, uh, you know, isn't it funny how opposites attract sometimes too? But, you know, it's interesting. You know, we, we all know pessimists. You know, they're everywhere. I mean, you don't have to go very far to find a pessimist. You know, people who are negative and cynical and you know, skeptical, and they just find the gloom and doom and everything. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it can be gorgeous outside. I mean, not a cloud in the sky. They're going to say, yeah, but there's a 10% chance of rain. You know, they're just always going to rain on your parade. You know, there's just something always negative. But you know the difference between a, a pessimist and, a, and an optimist, don't you? A pessimist says, I work at McDonald's. An optimist says, I handle transactions for a multi-billion dollar company. It just all depends on how you look at it. And so we have to look through the eyes of faith. We have to see things from God's point of view. And I love the verse in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And I want to read it to you in what is referred to as the Amplified uh, Translation and Version. Ephesians 3, verse 20. And it says these words, Now to him who is able... To carry out his purpose and, I love this word, to do super abundantly. Turn to your neighbor and say, super abundantly. 
because that's a mouthful. Super abundantly. God wants to do super abundantly more than all that we could dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according, notice carefully, to His power that is at work within us. I love the story of the two guys who uh, were blind in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus had been healing, uh, putting his, his super on the natural of other people and just supernaturally just transforming people's lives and physically healing people. And these two blind guys approached Jesus and, and they basically cried out and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus asked them the question. He said, do you believe that I can, I can do this? Do you believe that I can heal you? And they said, of course, absolutely. And, and so Jesus said these words in verse 29. He said, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. According to your faith. In essence, what that is saying is that according to our faith, God can do the impossible. According to our faith. In other words, we get to choose how much favor and blessing God places upon our lives according to our faith. Again, without faith, it is impossible to please who? God. So if we want God's favor and blessing and we want His super abundantly, supernatural power to be upon our lives, then it's one thing to have faith. It's another thing to live our lives with expectant faith. So what we want to do today, we want to unbox expectant faith. Now, if you take your notes today, I would encourage you to jot down this key statement because this is, this is really important. And it goes like this. What's on the inside of you determines how you live on the outside. So what's inside of you determines how you live on the outside. Who lives inside of us? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the spirit of the living God lives inside of us. So what we've got to understand is this. What's on the inside determines how we live on the outside. So if, if the supernatural power of God lives and indwells inside of us through the person of the Holy Spirit, then who's on the inside determines how we live on the outside. But the problem is too many people allow what's on the outside to influence or control or limit what's on the inside. Because what happens is we allow the, the, the challenges, the setbacks, the circumstances on the outside to ultimately cause us to live in fear. It's intimidating. It's sometimes we feel overwhelmed. Sometimes we're, you know, we're, we're just kind of beyond the ability of, of knowing maybe even what to do next. And the reason why is because we're paralyzed in fear. Because we're allowing what's on the outside to put limitations of what God is able to do from the inside out. So we've got to understand that we've got to live an inside-out kind of faith. And so there's a fascinating story that really illustrates this best, and it's known as the story of David and Goliath. How many of you ever heard that story before? You know, if you've been around church for any length of time, you know the story of David and Goliath. But it's a real true story. And one of the things that we can learn is how David unboxed his faith, and more importantly, an expectant faith to take down a giant in his life. He didn't allow what was on the outside to limit what was on the inside of him. No, he allowed what was on the inside to empower him to live even more effectively on the outside. In fact, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, if you have your Bibles, you can open it up. There's actually a, a rather lengthy passage of Scripture, and we're not gonna, uh, I'm just going to kind of 
paraphrase, paraphrase the story for you, but you know the story. I mean, here's, here's young David. Uh, he's the youngest of eight sons. He was the baby of the family. How many of you are the youngest in your family? Let's see your hands. I'm the youngest of four boys. And so I always like to say they save the best for last. You know what I'm saying? So uh, anyway, but David, David, he was the youngest of eight boys. And, you know, his brothers uh, were gifted, talented, um, good-looking. I mean, these guys, you know, they had it going for them. And so what happened was is that they were off to war. Several of his brothers that were, were, were in the, the um, Israeli military at the time. And, and uh, so young David, uh, he worked part-time. He had a pretty cool gig. He was a part-time employee for King Saul, who was king over Israel at the time. But he also helped his father on the side because his father was a shepherd. And so, uh, you know, young David, he was out assisting his dad on the field and helping with uh, the flock of, of sheep uh, that they had. And so one day his father decided uh, to basically kind of check up on his older sons uh, that was there in the Israelite army. And he wanted to kind of get a report, see how things were going. And he had heard that the Philistines now were, were coming back and, you know, they were, they were kind of challenging the Israelite army to war. War And so uh, he sent young David um, to go and check on his brothers, and he wanted, to, he wanted to send them basically some snacks. So he you know, kind of fixed up a little, little Scooby snack and told his son David, he said, hey, go check on your brothers, go take them a little food. And so, uh, so he goes, and as he arrives on the scene, all of a sudden David begins to hear what's going on. He begins to hear for himself, you know, the challenges and the taunting of the Philistines. And so here at this point, you have the Israelite army now on one side, and you have the Philistines on the other side. They're, they're standing in opposite of each other. And the Philistine army had one guy by the name of Goliath, who was actually over nine feet tall. And so Goliath was, he was taunting, you know, the Israelite army. As a matter of fact, he said, you guys don't even need everybody. He said, all I need is one guy to take me on. And, and so he's kind of he's throwing out insults. And not just that, he was defying the God of Israel. He was insulting their God. He was using intimidation. And so as a result, the Israelite army, they were paralyzed in fear. They were scared to death of this huge giant, this massive soldier who was ready to take them out. And yet, here comes young David. He shows up on the scene. He's overhearing what's taking place. And all of a sudden, he begins to con con really connect the dots. And he's thinking, wait a minute, somebody ought to be doing something about this. As a matter of fact, he begins to ask questions, and he learns that the reward for this whole deal, if somebody were to take on this giant, was to not only get one of King Saul's daughters to, be, to, be in, to, to, to have in marriage, but also their family would be exempt from paying taxes. That'd be a pretty cool pretty cool deal, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, your whole family doesn't have to pay taxes. You get, you get the king's daughter in marriage. And so David's thinking, why in the world won't somebody be man enough and having a backbone to do something about this? And so we pick up the story in verse 26. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God. So here's young David. And he came to the place of saying enough is enough. Somebody has got to take on that giant. And he said it might as well be me. 
Now, why in the world would a young boy have the tenacity, the boldness, and the courage, and the ability to do something that an entire army couldn't do? I'll tell you what he had. And there are three things that you and I have. And I encourage you to jot these down. Number one, he had a belief that God was bigger than that giant. He believed that God was bigger than that giant. Turn to your neighbor and say, God is bigger than your giant. He is. God is bigger than your giant. In verse 32, it says this. When, when, when David was called in by King Saul, once, once word got back to King Saul that David was willing to take him on, well, well King Saul, you know, he, 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 he pulled David in. He said, what are, what are you doing? And here's what, here's what David said in verse 32. He said, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. In other words, hey, relax. I got this. I can take this dude down. And the reason why he had such bold tenacious confidence to do that is because he knew who was on the inside of him. He just believed that his God was bigger than his giant. And even King Saul tried to talk him out of of it. Even King Saul tried to remind David, hey, you're, you're too young. You're not qualified. You don't have enough experience. And yet the Bible says that David persisted. He was convinced. He was confident. Why? Because he had expectant faith. He believed that his God was bigger than that giant. Now, I just want to say this because I believe with all my heart, there are some of you here today, and you may not be facing nine-foot giants in your life. As a matter of fact, some of the giants that you're facing in your life are far bigger than that. There may be some of you right now that maybe you're going through a major health crisis. You're, you're fighting for your life physically. You've been diagnosed with something and maybe you're going through some major health physical trials right now and that's your giant. You may be going through a marriage crisis right now and from your perspective you think to yourself you know there's just too much water under the bridge. Man there's too much hurt and pain from our past and man the, the, the situation the circumstances right now are so out of control and so stressful and so tense and there's so much anger and there's so much resentment there's no way in the world I don't think we could ever salvage what has already taken place that's your giant some of you here today you know what you are paralyzed because you have an addiction in your life that has control over you and you've been fighting it and you've been fighting it and you've been fighting it but you are totally convinced that your giant is bigger that you can't overcome the addiction you've tried and you failed you tried and you failed you tried and you failed and you're convinced that your giant is bigger than you are some of you here today maybe you're in a situation where financially you're in a hole and you you don't think you're ever going to get out of it from your perspective there's no light at the end of the tunnel And you think to yourself, man, there's just no way in the world I can overcome what is staring at me from the standpoint of the debt that is is a giant in my life that I don't even know what to do. Those are the real giants that some of us face. And I believe with all my heart, there are some of you here today, and you can relate because that is where you're at. You are going through some situations and some circumstances in your life right now. You feel overwhelmed. Maybe you're at the place of just being really just at the place of just wanting to throw in the towel and quit because you don't even know if you have what it takes to be able to overcome the challenges, the giants that you're currently facing. Well, I just want to speak a life and speak hope, and most important, I want to speak truth to you. 
Let me tell you something. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, if God is for you, who in the world can be against you? You need to be reminded today that the spirit of the living God lives inside of you. The same power that rose Jesus out of that grave is the same power that lives inside of you. Listen, what's inside of you determines how you live on the outside. Don't you dare allow the outside circumstances of giants in your life to control and limit and dictate what's on the inside of you. The power of God is at work. Where? Within you, Ephesians 3.20 says. Let me tell you something. God is able. He is able to do super abundantly more than you could think, possibly imagine, dream far beyond your highest hopes. God can do what you alone can't do. So you need to remind yourself, God is bigger than your giants. Now, on a practical level, how do you do that? Let me tell you how to do it. First thing you need to do is you need to start every day in faith. Start every day in faith. We, you know, we had 21 days of prayer and fasting at the beginning of the calendar year. Why do we do that? Because we want to start a new calendar year proactive. We want to invite God into our life, invite God into our situation, invite God into our circumstances. Why? Because we're starting a new calendar year with with optimistic faith. We're believing the best is yet to come, but we can't do it by ourselves. We need God to show up, amen? We need to invite God. Man, the Bible says come close to God and he'll come close to us. So we got to start every day in faith. And when we start every day in faith, you know what we're doing? Here's what we're doing. We're being on the offense, Rather than being defensive and we're always reacting to every situation and everything going on in our lives. and No, 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 no. We are starting the day on the offense. We're starting the day proactive in our faith. Saying, God, I don't know what's perhaps ahead of me, but I just know this. With God, all things are possible. God, I am inviting you into my situation. God, today, I, I'm, I'm putting my workplace in your hands. Listen, I'm putting my kids in your hands. Today, I'm putting my school campus in your hands. God, I'm putting my future in your hands. I'm putting my finances in your hands. I'm putting my marriage in your hands. Today, God, I'm starting my day with you. You know what the Bible says in Ephesians uh, 6? It's called the full armor of God. We're to put on the full armor of God. Why in the world would you get up every day and go to school, go to work naked spiritually? And yet we do that. Why? Because we're not starting our day in faith. We got to start our day in faith. Another thing we need to do is we need to give our problems to God. So don't take your problems to work. You say, well, that's my problem. No, that's your giant. You see, don't take your problems to your spouse. Don't take your problems, you know, to, to work. Don't take your problems to, you know, your other friendships where, you know, you, you, know, you can be the victim in the situation and, and, and look for a little sympathy and mercy and a little compassion and help somebody, you know, help you justify, you know, whatever the situation is. No, 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 no. Don't go there. Take your problems to God. Jesus said, cast all your cares on me. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. But in, but in prayer, in everything, through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. Ephesians 4 says. Here's another thing. I'm, I'm sorry, Philippians 4 says. Here's another thing. When you, when you take your burdens to God, 
Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So you're allowing him to come alongside and help you shoulder the load that you're carrying. So when we try to carry our problems on our own, and we're not starting our day in faith, then absolutely when the giants come against us, then guess what? We're overwhelmed, we're intimidating, intimidated, and we find ourselves paralyzed in fear. But rather, God wants us to start our day proactively on the offense with Him. And as we put on the full armor of God and we cast our cares on Him, okay, now we're freed up to live in victory and to live on the offense knowing greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. And I'm living by faith knowing that my God is bigger than my giants. So the second thing is this. You're stronger than you think you are. Turn your neighbor and say, you're stronger than you think you are. And that's a fact. You're stronger than you think you are. I just want to say a word to you, and I believe this with all of my heart. I believe some of you here today, you're getting ready to enter into a season of breakthrough after breakthrough because what you went through didn't break you. In other words, Listen, God allowed you to go through the fire. God, is, God, God, God brought you out of the fire. You've been through trials. You've gone through hardships. But guess what? You're still here. I mean, God's, God's not finished with you yet. you got a pulse. you got a purpose, right? So remind yourself, you're stronger than you think you are. And the reason why you say that is because that is a promise. Listen, that is a truth that you are choosing to make. That's what David believed. In fact, when, when King Saul brought him in and said, David, you're not qualified. You, you don't have enough experience. You're not big enough to take on that giant. Well, guess what David told him? He said, you know what? The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He was convinced that the same God and the power and the ability that, that, that God enabled David to conquer the lion and the bear was the same God that was going to give him the ability to conquer that giant. And I love, so, a lot of people don't know this story, but it, it goes on to say that he picked up five stones. You remember that? He picked up five stones, but he only used one. You know why? Goliath, if you keep on reading in 2 Samuel... Guess what you learn? You learn that Goliath actually had four brothers. David knew that. He said, I'm picking up five stones because if that giant shows up and he wants to bring his four older brothers, I'll take them all out. So he lived with the belief and the confidence knowing, that, hey, he was stronger than when anybody else thought he was because he knew who was on the inside of him. He believed that his God was bigger than his giant. So here's some things that I want to encourage you with today. Number one, eliminate negative worry. Don't allow your mind to control your emotions that ultimately dictates your actions. So... You know, have you ever noticed how subconsciously we've learned how to uh, be really good at self-talk? Where we're talking negatively to ourselves. We're convinced that, you know, because of the situation, because of the circumstances, 
because of the things that are overwhelming right now in my life. I can't, it won't, it probably won't this, won't that. And all of a sudden, we begin to believe what we're telling ourselves. you got to replace those false beliefs with the truth. So you got to eliminate negative words. Why? Because the Bible says the tongue, just like a rudder, has the ability to control a ship one direction from the other. The Bible says the tongue has the power to give life and death. So I want to tell you today, listen, whatever you do, replace those negative words with positive, life-giving, faith-filled, optimistic-filled words. Why? Because it enables you to live your life based on truth and the promises of God, of what God can do, not what just you alone can do. Another thing that we need to do is we need to look for the good in our situation. Romans 8.28 says what? God works all things together for the good. For those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So what you got to remind yourself is this. You know what? Hey, what, what I'm going through right now is something that, 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 that seems impossible. What I'm going through right now is obviously something I never asked for. What I'm going through right now is extremely painful and difficult. But just like we learned last week, you know what? Sometimes God allows us to go through the difficulties and the trials. Why? Because when we come out on the other side, guess what? We have a testimony. But we would have never had that testimony to share with other people had we not first gone through the test. So there's always something good. There's always something positive in our circumstances. Third thing is this. We have to associate with positive people. So don't hang around the Eeyores in life. You know what I'm saying? Oh, no. It's probably going to rain today. I told you your husband was going to do that. The doctor was right. Medication didn't work. You're going to be just like your father. Isn't it amazing how people just like to inflict your wounds? pour gasoline on fire that's already out of control and they're just like, hey, let's join the party. The party poopers. Just want to poop on everybody's party. Get rid of those people. You don't need to be around those people. You need to associate with people who are speaking words of faith, words of life, life-giving, faith-filled, optimistic people who are living with expectant faith. Why? Because they believe that God is bigger than our giants. God is able to do super abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. Man, if God is for us, who in the world can be against us? Man, with God, all things are possible. Surround yourself by those kind of people. So important. So, so important. <laughs> I'm running out of time, but I want to tell you something. This is hilarious. This past week, Michelle sent me a text mess or sent me a text with a picture in it, and she said, "Guess what we found?" Well, they were in a storage uh, closet pulling out some stuff, trying to find something. Lo and behold, they found a box or a bin that was inside uh, the storage area, and her and I think um, uh, Chad and some of the others were were trying to uh, find some things. 
And so they found this box, and they know what it was. It was unmarked, so they opened it up, and inside the box were all these books. We have a picture here. But notice the book that's on top there. See my name? That's the first book I ever wrote. I've written eight books through the years. That was the first book I ever wrote. Back in the late late 80s, early 90s, that was a hot topic right then. I mean, you know, it was just kind of came out on the scene. You know, Magic Johnson made his big announcement. He was HIV positive, and the whole world was freaking out. So I wrote a book because I was speaking to young people all over the country. Well, I've known Chad Harper for a long, long time, and uh, he had just graduated from high school. Well, that was hot off the press. So guess what I did? I sent him a copy of that book. Can you imagine as a high school graduation gift, you open it up, and you see this book says, let's talk about AIDS and sex. Well, that was his graduation gift. But inside it, I stapled a $20 bill. Years later, he discovered there was a $20 bill in that box. You know what I discovered? He never read my book. Unbelievable. But here is the lesson I want you to learn. God has placed inside of you resources. He's placed inside of you supernatural power. And for many of you, what you don't realize is that, listen, God has placed these resources inside of you, and you're not using them. They're up on the shelf. You've put them away. You forgot they were even there. But God is reminding you, listen, listen, he's bigger than your giants. You're stronger than you think you are. And you have everything it takes to live your life in victory and to conquer the enemies that are coming against you. You have those resources at your disposal and his name is Jesus the power that lives inside of you so today let me close with this your future is brighter than you think it is you see God wants you to be reminded that God is bigger than your giants you're stronger than you think you are and your future is brighter than you think it is I love the story and in 1 Samuel 17, verses 48 and 50, it says this. And Goliath moved closer to attack, and David quickly ran out to meet him. I love that. He was proactive. Why? He put on the full armor of God. He goes out there with expectant faith. He believed his God was bigger than that giant. So he ran out to meet him. And the Bible says, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it. He hurled it with a sling, and he hit the Philistine in the forehead and the stone sank in, and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone. Why? For he had no sword. You know what that tells me? Let me tell you something. The enemies may be coming against you. The giants may be coming against you. The world's challenges may be coming against you. But rather than being frozen in fear, rather than staying in the safe zone, no, 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 no. God wants you to put on the full armor. Listen, God wants you to step out of the box. He wants you to step out into the faith zone. And he wants you to approach your giants with expectant faith. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Listen, the Bible says, because of your faith, it will be done unto you. And so as you're living your life proactively in faith, believing that God is bigger than your giants, then here's what you have the ability to do. You have the ability to approach your future in faith. 
believing that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he has promised he will do. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for my plans are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and to give you a future. Let me tell you something. Your future is brighter than you could ever imagine. Why? Because God is with you. He is for you. And the best is still yet to come in your life. That's a fact. That's a fact. And so today I want to encourage you with this. Let's move forward in faith and let's proactively believe that God is going to do amazing things in our lives, in our marriage, in our family, in our health, in our finances. Man, whatever it is that's coming against you, let me tell you something. God is with you and he's for you. And the reason why you can live in victory, because the Bible says we have victory because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So today, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Your future is brighter than you think it is. Let's bow our heads together.